Hey guys, Pastor Josh Robinson from New Haven Church here. I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in to our most recent sermon from our Lord's Day gathering here at New Haven Church. We're praying that this content blesses you and finds you well as we enter into 2021. And we're praying that if it would bless you, that you would consider giving to the mission of our church by heading over to newhavenwv.com and giving there. Also, we are praying that this content would just be supplementary to your going and attending and, and being involved in the life of a local church in your region. And so, again, we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. May God bless you and keep you. Well, good morning, church. You can go ahead and open your Bibles up this morning to Romans chapter 14. We're going to be looking at the entirety of the chapter together this morning. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 23 together. I'm going to kind of give us a flyby of it this morning. And as you go ahead and get turned there, I'll go ahead and read the text for us. And the Lord says to the Apostle Paul, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. But do not quarrel over opinions. One person believes that he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands and falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in the honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in the honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord both of the living and the dead. Why do you pass judgment on your brothers? Or or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block of hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what make uh, what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding do not for the sake of food destroy the work of god everything is indeed clean but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats it is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything that causes your brother to stumble the faith that you have keep between yourself and god Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And may God add a blessing to the reading of his word this morning.
So as I said this morning, we're going to be doing a flyby version of Romans chapter 14 with plans to dissect it more in this evening's episode of Talks at New Haven. Now, I could have spent a month or longer on this passage, but frankly, I did not want to do that without first spending significant time in Leviticus, learning about the food and dietary laws of Israel first. Now, obviously, we don't have the time to do that at this moment, so maybe we'll do that sometime in the future. I fully plan on taking us through the first five books of the Bible very, very soon. So, instead of doing that this morning, I simply wanted to preach Paul's main point in Romans 14, which we will now get into. Now, I stated last week that last week's passage was a chiasm, and the same is true with this week's passage as well. You see, all of Romans chapter 14 is one big chiasm. Now, if you don't understand what that means, I would recommend that you take a few minutes, that you go back, and that you watch the second half of last week's episode of Talks at New Haven, or just hang around after service, come grab me and ask some questions, and I would be happy to ask the, or answer those for you. So, now we're going to dive in the text. In the first part of our text, and in the first part of our chiasm this morning, the corresponding points are verses 1 through 6 and verses 20 through 23. And here, Paul commands believers to welcome those who are weak in faith and to not quarrel over opinions. Right? He says that we shouldn't make one another stumble and that we shouldn't let our opinions on secondary issues destroy our unity in the work of God. Now, the reason why Paul said this is because in his day, Jews and Gentiles in the Roman church were debating about food laws and holy days, right? The Jews had their own, their own foods, which were outlined in the Torah as clean and unclean. The Gentiles had their own foods, which were considered the same. The Jews had their own calendar where they observed various feasts and holy days, and the Gentiles had their own calendar with pagan festivals and holy days as well. And so you could see why this would cause great friction. And Paul's way of bringing the two together isn't by telling the Jews to become like the Gentiles or by telling the Gentiles to become like the Jews. Rather, we see, his way of bringing these diverse groups of people together is in his appeal that we all belong to God. Right? Look with me, if you would, in verses 7 through 8. In verses 7 through 8 and in verse 18, Paul says that the thing that unites all of us, both Jew and Gentile, is that we are the Lord's. He says in verse 18 that whoever serves Christ is now acceptable to God. Therefore, it doesn't matter if you serve him as a Jew or as a Gentile. Christ is the Lord of all. Therefore, one can esteem one day better than another, or one can esteem all days as alike, as long as one is fully convinced that doing so is right. One can eat in the honor of the Lord, and one can abstain in the honor of the Lord, as long as one is fully convinced that doing so is right. You see, our unity 
in Christ allows for freedom and diversity as long as something is not a sin. So then, in light of this, Paul says in verses 10 through 13 that we should no longer judge one another because ultimately, on the last day, we will not give account for our brother and what they have done. But rather, he says, we will give an account for what we have done. That's Paul's exact words in verse 12. And that's his main point in the text and in archaism this morning. That each one of us will one day stand before the judgment seat of God. And we will give account for ourselves. Therefore, in light of this, we should focus on ourselves rather than the freedom our neighbor has in Christ. And now you may ask, but pastor, how is such unity in diversity possible, right? How is it that Jews and Gentiles can serve God in their own unique way and not pass judgment on one another? How is that even possible? Well, there are actually two reasons why in our text. And both of those reasons are found by looking unto Jesus. You see, the first reason is Paul's point in verses 17 through 18. There he says, The kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So in other words, the reason why such diversity is possible is because God has reconciled us through the death, burial, and resurrection of his Son and has brought us into his kingdom, right? That is the core of the gospel message. And now the second reason isn't found here, but it's found in Ephesians 2, 13 through 14. There, the Apostle Paul writes, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he may create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So in other words, if you're not following Paul's logic What he's saying is this, Jesus, in dying for our sins and in disarming the rulers and the principalities, he has also torn down the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, which was set up at the time of Babel. Right In Christ, he says, there is no longer Jew nor Greek. Right? This is the reason for the relaxing of the food laws here. God is bringing back together the nations... In Christ Jesus. And he is re-inheriting those who were once disinherited. And so, when we act as though that is not true, by judging our brothers and our sisters, we are actually undoing the redemptive work of Jesus. 
Right? This is a very, very serious issue. And this is the reason why the apostle spends a whole chapter talking about it. Right? He talks about that we destroy the work of God when we judge one another over secondary issues. We are, we are doing away with the fact that Jesus has abolished the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, and that he is bringing back together the nations and uniting us all in himself. N.T. Wright says it this way. He says, It is not up for us to judge, he says. That is the Lord's business. Nothing is unclean in itself. So if someone behaves with a bad conscience, it becomes unclean for him or her. And anyone putting a fellow believer in that false position is in danger of undoing the Messiah's redemptive work. And so... As we begin to conclude this morning, I want to now take just a few moments to speak briefly to a misinterpretation of the text that I have seen in recent days. When Paul calls Christians to not judge one another, he does so in reference to secondary issues. Right? We've already talked about this. We've already seen this in the text. Christians shouldn't judge one another in regard to food, and holy days, and the application of that principle. He never tells Christians, however, to fellowship with others who are calling primary and sin issues secondary. Okay? Many in our time will tell you that it is a beautiful thing when believers of different convictions on things like abortion, gender, sexuality, marriage, and even the character of God come together and fellowship at the Lord's table. Right? They'll, they'll, they'll say things like that it's a beautiful display of diversity. And I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not. It's syncretism, it's pride, it's cowardice. Right? Syncretism because you're allowing sin, darkness, and light to, to co-mingle together. And it's pride because you're allowing it to happen. And it's cowardice because you won't speak out against it. God says through the Apostle Paul that it is not a beautiful thing. That it is not a beautiful display of diversity. Rather, he says that you cannot come to his table and drink his cup while also drinking the cup of demons. 1 Corinthians 10.21. And he also says to mark and to have nothing to do with those types of people who say this type of thing and who divide from sound teaching. Romans 16.17. We'll see that later on as we finish up the book. And it is indeed a beautiful thing when people from different walks of life come together and confess the same Lord in faith. But it is a very destructive thing when people confess a different Lord and faith and call it beautiful diversity. May God give us wisdom in these days to distinguish between the two. And may we cling to one another in love without judgment and celebrate in joy our common faith together as we now come to the table of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And amen.